0: Ever picture yourself in the CEO chair, curious about the journey it takes to get there? I'm Sharon Feeler with abc to ceo and welcome to the Preparing for the Possibility podcast. Dive in with me as we uncover the stories of those who've made it. Today's guest, a trailblazer you won't want to miss. So today, I am so pleased to present our guest to you, a young woman who has done amazing things that I am so excited about interviewing. We have Delisa Garrier with us today, and we will have so much fun talking about what you've been doing. What I'd first like to ask you is, you started in California, and you made this amazing journey from California to the real estate area of Nashville. With your husband, LD, and maybe you can tell me about that. That journey sounds like one that had to be quite exciting for you and him and where it has led you.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be here. So actually, I grew up in Northern California and I came to Nashville, Tennessee for a pre-med and I met my husband when I was in college here in Nashville. So it was right at the time when I had this decision to go back home to California and, you know, continue on my collegiate path. And my husband looked at me and he said, Why would you go and be a doctor when you could own the hospital? And that's oh.
0: what me here. So Well, what a way to think about a career change you know, what a booming place Nashville is right now. I'm wondering, can you kind of set the stage for us what it's like to be in Nashville at this moment? Yes. Well, I think
1: Nashville has been on every fastest growing, you know, real estate charts that there are for the last 10, 12 years. I would say we've had a lot of big industries moving here, a lot of huge job opportunities, and it has really fueled the real estate growth. So we haven't seen a lot of slowdown as the rest of the country. We at one point, this was probably back in about 2016, 2017. With all the construction going on, we were 10,000 doors short for the need here. We had 100 people moving here a day at the time. Three years later, with all the significant construction still going on, we were 40,000 doors short for the housing need. So it's just continued on that path. We don't have enough homes for the the people moving here. And it just created a great opportunity. I was already in the real estate world and in construction, but it allowed for our company to to grow significantly.
0: I understand you've got real estate license, general contractor license, and residential and commercial. What drove you to kind of say, This is what I want to do? This is my chance to do something that I'm really excited about. Yes.
1: Well. I'll tell you, I guess from the beginning, I was headed to be a physician, as I shared, and my husband owned a company. He was just really getting started in the automotive world. And I had this choice to continue on to become a doctor or drop everything I was doing and help him grow his company. And so I chose the latter. We grew that company from he was generating about 10000 a year in revenue when I joined him. And we took it to just under $10 million a year within about four to five years. And honestly, I hated everything automotive. I don't even like to put gas in my car. That's how bad it is. But I've always loved real estate. My mom used to take us to look at model homes. He and I were in the process of looking at our first home. And he said, you know, maybe you should get your real estate license. So I did that, and every customer that walked through the door for his automotive shop became my client. And it was during this time in 2011 where, you know, there were challenges. We had just come from the downturn, and people were in terrible interest rates. They were about to be foreclosed on or were in the process of short selling behind on their mortgage. And so I saw that their home could be sold. For a profit, but they didn't have the resources to put into it to get it there. And so I invested in those families to help them get out of a bad situation. And that fueled my development company. So from there we
0: started buying land and building from the ground up. Wow. So even though you weren't a doctor kind of healing the body, you became something where you healed their life. You made their life better in many ways. Wow, well, I never thought of it like that. <laughs> well, it seems to me that I'm sure most people felt that they were in a better place because of how you helped them. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about your leadership experience. And are there particular fears or apprehensions that you have that have kept you awake at night? And you know, how do you go about having the courage to then move forward? A lot of the women who listen to us, young women who have not experienced a lot, I think there's fear in, in many of us. There wasn't me. And I'm wondering if it's the same for you and how you handle it. Yeah,
1: that's a great question. I would first preface this answer by letting you know that I am very faith driven. And I think that that foundation is what has allowed me to propel where I am. The weight is not mine. I've always felt like the ideas and the thoughts that we have are not our own. You know, if it is something that God intended us to do, he gives it to us for a reason because he knows that we can handle it. And that's how I sleep at night because I know that I would not have this task in front
0: of me if I were not prepared to handle it. You must have great faith because you are handling it well. And all of this is now leading up to something that is just piqued my interest so much, which is your Storyville Gardens. Can you tell us about that?
1: That is a true passion project and such an exciting venture. It started off, my husband and I, at the time, we had three children and we were always looking for some sense of adventure for them. Nashville is a huge, you know, growing town but very little, you know, things for children and families to do. So we found ourselves driving out of town or flying to Florida or Chicago. And so I grew up in Northern California. I used to frequent this small little park called Fairyland. It's eight acres in the center of the city. It's the most whimsical place on earth, if you ask me. And there was some spark there that I just wanted to bring something similar here to Nashville. Well, as I started down that path, I found out how Nashville is one of the two markets in the entire United States that has had a successful theme park that's no longer in operations. So truly the need here drove the scale of the vision. And I'd say parallel with that, I've always been an avid reader and writer growing up watching my grandmother who instilled that in me. and I was made aware of how alarming our literacy statistics are in Tennessee. Four out of five children are not up to grade level reading at this time. And there's a study that shows that if we can just get them to read for fun, that it will significantly increase the test scores. So it this, this was this light bulb moment of, If we provide a space that encourages them to step into the story and step into the books and encourage them to read for fun, then we have the ability to create a significant impact.
0: So at Storyville, will children actually be reading there or will they be experiencing the story through the environment you create? They will be experiencing the story in a lot
1: of different ways. The best way that I can describe it Is if you can see the impact that Harry Potter has had on the world, that is how we'll do it.
0: Right to go from the stories to the movies, and then of course there's also places you can go, theme parks that have the theme with it also. Yeah, wonderful. So, what is the stage of this right now? Have you found a location for this, or how do you go about bringing this from a great idea to reality?
1: Yes, it's been an incredible journey. We spent quite a bit of time in site selection mode for the last several years, and we narrowed down our options. And for the last, I'd say, two and a half years, we honed in on two different ones. And now we are going through the the process, primarily focused on one that we have a, a great relationship with the county and their excitement to see a project like this come to life. And we are finalizing our public-private partnership. And once we're done with that, then everything will be made public and we will see dirt moving.
0: Yes. So sometimes I like to think about where you are today or where I am today. And then I kind of go back into my past and think, boy, if I only knew this back then, I wonder if It would be easier if it would be different. Do you have any moments where you ever kind of think back in time and have wisdom today that you wish you had then?
1: Oh, that's such a great question. Yes, I do. And there are several things that I wish I knew. I'd say the biggest one, though, is really the gravity of our goals. You know, we can think as big as we want, we can go after something small or something big. And that thought or that scale really sets our our path and so I just tell myself to think a little bigger. you know I thought I was going to build an eight acre park <laughs> <laughs> and I spent well, a lot of
0: time on that yeah well that's a great way to think about it is uh, think big. I haven't thought about this till just now but but what is it about leading something like this that makes it exciting that you can tell other young women becoming the head of something? Has an excitement to it, what about doing all this and and heading it up is exciting to you?
1: Well, I think that representation matters. I think that we need to have great examples of women who do incredible things for me, a big part of my story is my mother and my mother she had my sister and I, and she didn't have time to go to college and try to figure out you know how to feed us so she went and joined an apprenticeship program to become a pile driver and very unconventional for a woman. She, you know, goes out all day on docks and barges and bridges and our car hearts and our work boots and comes home and is the mom that is the ideal mother, you know, makes dinner and does our hair, you know. And so it was incredible to have an example in my home that there are no boundaries as to what we could do we could cross any lines we can sit in boardrooms we can put on work boots and that has really fueled me for stepping outside of the boundaries and taking lead and you know getting things done
0: yeah it sounds like an amazing woman and i think for all of us we have different people in our life that have impact on us and How fortunate you were that one of those people for you was your mother.
1: Yes, yes. She's amazing. I still look at her and I say, if she can build a bridge, I can build anything.
0: So there you go. I love that. You've, I'm sure over the years have had people give you advice. I mean, you're a young woman, and I'm sure people are always thinking there's information they can give to you that will be helpful to you. Do certain pieces of advice stand out to you that you have been given over the years that you would like to pass on to other people?
1: Well, I'd say I was told to listen to the people who are where you want to be, you know, and and have done what you want to do. And one of those people was a gentleman named Pat Emery. He was a real estate developer here in Nashville, a true pioneer. I, I mean, they called him the grandfather of real estate. He was able to see something in an area and really, and develop it, step outside the lines, bring it to life in a way that it hasn't been done before. It's true for a project here called Fifth and Broadway, almost a billion dollar development downtown Nashville, along with the whole area called Cool Springs. And he became my co-developer in Storyville before he passed. He was a co-developer for two years. And uh, just this month made a year of his passing. But I remember going to him in the trenches, you know, when it's hard because it gets hard. And I would look at him and I would say, Pat, this is hard. And he had this smile that would light up the room. He looks at me and he says, Delisa, we're just having fun. I love that. Yes. And those words have stuck with me forever. And honestly, they're true in whatever Feel you're in, whatever you're pursuing, is just have fun.
0: Yeah, I think too often, and I think I'm probably guilty of it, I get so involved in what I'm doing that I kind of forget why I'm doing it. And I think it changes your whole attitude when you look at what's ever in front of you with kind of a, a light spirit. And how do I make the most of this? So I know you face challenges. What are some of the biggest challenges you're facing at this point in time, and how are you handling that?
1: Well, yes, and I think that that's on several facets. You know, our real estate development company, sometimes the challenge is, is that you have a a vision for something and you have to allow everyone else to see it and to make it happen. And developing a team, sometimes it's challenging and sometimes it's easy. I feel like the team that we've had which Storyville came together seamlessly, but the day-to-day construction company, you know, the, the team ebbs and flows. And that's true in any setting where you have, you know, employees and, and workers just making sure everyone communicates. But I think that that's the true basis of it is communication. And that's what we found as a solution.
0: Right, right. Now you mentioned you have children and you mentioned how much of a role model your mother was to you. I'm sure your children are now looking at you and not realizing that they're seeing a role model. So are there things that you make a real point in trying to communicate with your children that maybe has an impact upon them as they continue to mature in their lives?
1: I hope so. And I think it'll be some time before I really find out if it sticks or not. But one of the biggest things that was instilled in me that I have pushed to instill in them is to finish what you start. And I think with that just small little thing at the forefront of your mind, you begin something knowing that whatever it takes to finish it, if it's a study guide, if it's homework, you know, whatever it is, if it's a presentation or a financial package or development, just finish what you start.
0: Well, I'm sure because you have that attitude, I will be privileged someday to go to Storyville Gardens and look forward to that opportunity. It sounds so exciting. So what would you like to add that we haven't covered at this point? Do you have some other words of wisdom for us? You've got so many morsels of different kind of knowledge here. Right. I enjoyed hearing it. So I just want to make sure we capture everything.
1: Let's see. I'd say one of my biggest tokens that I like to leave with women or anyone who is just about to get started in business is that there are three things that make us successful. Venture. And those three things that I found personally are the people. And that is, like I said before, putting together an incredible team. And those people will come to you the people who see your vision and who want to be a part of adding value to you. And through that, you add value to them. The package. I have found that it is difficult to try to describe what your vision is, you have to put it on paper. You have to put it on paper and you have to outline all the different things. I remember when I first got started in real estate development, and I went to a bank and I said, Here are four houses I want to build on this land. And the banker looked at me and he said, Well, where is the information? And that's when I realized I need to put together a package. And ever since then, I've put together packages where the bank can see that I've thought through every aspect of this and I've checked every box. So package is important. And the last one is the purpose. Why are you doing it? It has to be for a reason outside of financial gain. You know, what are you gonna give back to society or people or is there a purpose behind it that people can support?
0: And that's my recipe for success. Well, it sounds like it is a recipe that is working quite well. You are an amazing woman. And we are so fortunate to have this time to talk to you. And we appreciate, I know you have a busy schedule. So thank you so much for your time. I can't wait to hear and see what uh, your future holds, because I know it's great things. Thank so you so please, much. And uh, I look forward to continuing your relationship with you. Thank you, Sharon. You as well. Thank you, Delisa, for being with us today, and thank you to our audience for tuning in. I want to remind you that abc to ceo is a non-for-profit organization whose purpose is to mentor the next generation of women for the possibility of CEO. Please check out abc2ceo.com to see how you can further help us with this mission. Until next time, this is Sharon Feeler signing off, but remember to follow us on social media for your daily inspiration.